Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Eh, hold for LaCroix opening. Uh, <laughs> that's not a LaCroix. That's a Kirkland signature a, sparkling whatever. We discovered water. it in Hawaii and it's delicious. I got 32 of them for $7.99. What the fuck are you going to do? Welcome to Side Work, everybody. We are here again today. Joining you is me, Brooke Van Poplin. Hi, Jocelyn Hughes. That's me. Hi, I'm Kyle June Williams. Hey guys, I'm your server. I'm Andrea. What can I what can I get started for you? A podcast. <laughs> Let's get it started. You've been served. You have been served. Uh, well, I kind of wanted to come right out of the gates with a very disturbing article that Jocelyn texted me. Well, I think I was in Hawaii having a lovely old time, <laughs> and I got this gem dropped into my inbox. Um, okay, so a man in San Francisco brought a dead raccoon into a McDonald's. Okay. Uh, slammed it on a table. <laughs> And then when he was asked to leave, he threw it in the garbage. <laughs> and the McDonald's had to close for two hours to sanitize the dining room. Um, so that happened. Was so, it like one of those things where you bring in your own type of meat and then you ask the chef to... <laughs> to, to to make it into a specialty? There's no place that lets you do that. You know, in we, Amsterdam yeah, they do. In Amsterdam they do. Wow. Well, Kyle, God damn it! I know you studied your mask class, God. your mask and your movement. I'll never live that and down. And you'll never. She told me about her very, very involved theater career. But no, there is no place that lets you do this. First of all, this sounds um, like he found roadkill. Probably. Where do you find a raccoon, a dead raccoon in San Francisco? The park, the <laughs> beach, the alley, your garage, the trash can. My car. So I I don't know if he killed the raccoon. That's because we saw I saw a picture of him and he looked guilt stricken. He was screaming. He walked into the restaurant screaming. There was blood everywhere. He was like trailing blood everywhere. <laughs> and people say San Francisco doesn't still have it. You know what Seriously? I'm saying? Seriously. Well, what I would like more is if like they were fighting and they rumbled and like fell through the doors of the McDonald's <laughs> as they were fighting and then he ended up like killing the raccoon. But because it was out of his own fight or flight. Right. Instincts. And then it's he. Either me or this fucking raccoon. Orders a number two and is like, I deserve it. I just had the battle of my life. I lo- is a raccoon technically maybe in the rat family? Yeah, I think, yeah. 
I mean, they're not a rodent, but no, like, they're not a rodent. They they're are mammals, kind but... of garbage dwellers. They're a little ratty. Yeah, they're very, okay. very much. I had, list. I had a, an encounter with a raccoon at my parents' house. It got trapped in our garage. And I don't know if you guys know this, but raccoons make a very terrifying noise. Yes, they do. And it will scare the bejesus out of you. Does anyone care to do an impression? I don't even know. Okay, Andrea's, Andrea's go got it. it. She... <laughs> no, that's like more of a coyote. Uh, but they do, they like, and they scream at each other. I'm going to find it on the internet. Okay. It's, I think it's higher pitch, like a yeah, yeah, I can't go that high. Everyone driving it's, and listening to our podcast right now, the one of you has certainly gotten into well, an accident. I want to see how close I got, Jocelyn. Hurry up. It's coming. It's coming. I can't promise anything. It's just a raw clip. <laughs> I think I was closer. Oh, all right. It's... Whoa. I love it. It's like tire screeching. They sound like sort of. Yeah, ring race. So imagine that in a closed garage. Just I didn't know amplified. it was coming. Like you. Thank you. I have had three cups of coffee. Uh-huh. Couldn't do. So can I, there's this really great little story I have about camping years ago where <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we're, we're camping. We're outside of Minneapolis, a group of friends. We're seeing Paul Simon and Bob Dylan. It was back in, anyway. So we're camping and we forgot to like pack up the food. And so when everybody went to bed, mm. the raccoons immediately descended upon the campsite and mm. just like made the ring wraith it all night. We finally fell asleep, and when we woke up in the morning, the aftermath was everything eaten, even toothpaste, except for, like, someone brought a package of not dogs, which are tofu hot dogs, and there were just two little teeth marks in one of the hot dogs, and that's fucking <laughs> it. <laughs> they were like, what is this bullshit? That's why it was um, screaming. Yep. They're like, I they love... Were, they were outraged. I love free garbage, but this is... This is next level gross. <laughs> About 10 years ago in Florida, um, in South Florida, there was like a raccoon infestation. And it mm. was literally like they were like a bunch of, they were like little street gangs because they, you know, they sit up on their hind legs almost like lemurs. And you would see them, uh, there's a bunch of like little parks in Florida and you would see them sort of like all out and about around the fronts of the parks, like standing up. And like attacking, they would attack people, and they would chase people, mm. and um, that that's it. That's just, <laughs> I mean, of course, that happened in Florida. They're scary, and you know what? They're they're like little mean girls, yeah. just running around terrorizing oh, yeah. you. You know, like, letting get you know, out of my dumpster. Like your your not dogs aren't good enough for me, and I eat no. trash. Brian just sent me another hot. Another hot link serving up from the, the sound link. booth. Well, Brian from the sound booth, who is now our producer. Uh, here's a Time article. Vermont Hotel will serve roadkill menu. Hashtag only in Vermont. Uh, okay, if you've ever wondered what dead animals on the side of the road taste like, you may have a chance to find out without even getting your hands dirty. I mean, because that's that's the big problem with eating roadkill, right? Yeah. It's getting your hands dirty. On November 7th, the Hotel Vermont in Burlington is hosting a dinner to celebrate local Vermont foods, which will include a few of those that met their end during a poorly timed road crossing, reports a local NBC affiliate. Okay, so they'll include dishes of walleye and lake trout, I'm assuming fished and alive, because I don't think fish are usually roadkill. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, deer, bear, moose, muskrat. 
plus three animals as yet unidentified to be provided by the Vermont Fish and Wildlife Agency after they meet their demise on the roadside. Now, here's the thing. You can choose what you want to eat, so you don't have to have the roadkill. And this story just leaves it at that. God. Well, I will also say I just read an article where Oregon legalized uh, consumption of roadkill. It's now legal. Freegans. Like, yep. Yeah, hit it. Hey, you grill it. Well, I mean, well, it's bather. It, it's well, I guess you you hit it accidentally because we've taken over their home. But um, right, it has to be at least accidental. You're not, you know, murdering it. Can I just tell you, I was hiking yesterday in Elysian with my dog and walked. Ran into Andy McDowell. Right, as we do. Andy McDowell. She lovely. Is her hair still as vibrant as always? She's breathtakingly beautiful and very kind. Um, Unfortunately, she asserts that coyotes invaded Elysian Park and not that they've always lived there. I was mystified. So we have two dogs. The dogs are playing. And she's talking about how she's seen coyotes lately. And so I was like, yeah, it's really bad around here. I used to live around the corner and the dens are all on the side of the hills. You know, I just said the animals are extra confused because of the global warming. And she's like, did you read that somewhere? And I was just like, uh, do you no. read? Do you realize what's happening? Oh, but no. anyway, she then said, you know, it's I also live in Montana. She goes, I have a house in Montana and you know, I protect the wolves there because we invaded their space, but they invaded our space here. And I just couldn't get over the fact that she said coyotes invaded Elysian Park and like Echo Park because it was like, girl, (laughs) this park has been here forever. We built a stadium here. We built all these homes here. Where do you think they came from? Like, why would they move here? Right. And, and like, global warming and just, like, all of the encroaching on Griffith Park is bringing all the animals, all the coyotes, down to the infamous Whole Foods that I uh, shop at and get assaulted at. And they are just chilling here in Glendale. Girl, I saw one outside your house when I stayed here last winter. Yep, I know. I left early for that shoot, and there was one just chilling in the middle of the road, like... You know what? Sometimes when I get like the real weird mystifying like little piles in my yard and I'm like, what kind of animal was that? My neighbors are the worst. It's probably a coyote. Yeah, you do. I mean, we do all have to be careful in L.A., but in any case, Andy McDowell, when a wild animal comes into a built area, it's not because they're moved in. Right, right. It's like, oh, they didn't come to gentrify the neighborhood. Home once, and it got bulldozed and replaced with a goddamn Starbucks. So I wanted to, uh, you know, let's just go there. I don't know what we were waiting for, but I think it's high time we talked about uh, dipping your pen into the company ink. What do you I, mean, Brooke? Why are you, you know, winking uh, at me? Having sex with James? coworkers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what? It's the reason I'm sitting here today. It's because my dad was a cook and my mom was a waitress. And they met in a restaurant and had a torrid love affair that created my older brother. So then you're stuck. (laughs) It was the 70s. (laughs) Women didn't know how to leave. One of the most relatable parts of working as a waiter, waitress, bartender, service industry is the torrid love affairs that we all share with our coworkers. I do think it's a little bit of uh, Stockholm syndrome. You learn to love your captor, which is your co-employees <laughs> at this terrible job you're at, you know? Because don't we all bond over things we hate so much easier than things we love? Yeah, it's that. And you bond over, like, you know, your your 
team building. You're like working on something together. That's a bond. Well, it's like you're in the trenches together as well. And they understand you. You're on the same time sort of schedule. And uh, you're sort of forced into conversation with people you wouldn't normally have conversations right. with. Right. And these are all the excuses we're making for why we sleep with people we would never sleep with nope. unless we were working in a restaurant. Never. <laughs> And the chaos of working in the restaurant together paired with the chaos of drinking and getting wasted like maniacs after your shifts leads yeah. to trouble. And a lot of times it's Friday, Saturday nights, you're working. You know, it's like, when are you going to date when you have to work at night? You yeah. Know? It's tough. Guys, I think it's fair to say, like, we've all probably slept with or tried to sleep with the hotshot bartender, you know, our waiter, manager, the owner. We all, I think, have great stories about <laughs> dating. Not, you know, not just like having the bad one night stand. Like we've all fully tried to date some of these monsters too, which is a whole thing in and of itself. Um, but I was reading this article that said people in the service industry almost exclusively date other people in the service industry or at least people they met in a bar or restaurant. And this is so funny. Someone says, I had a conversation with my therapist recently and I was like, every single person I fucked for the last four years is a narcissist with a drinking problem. And she was like, well, why do you think that is? And she said, because I only fuck bartenders. Mm. Hello. <laughs> Ugh. Let's start with bartenders because I would call them top of the food chain in there's the restaurant. A, so there's a bartender currently at an unnamed French restaurant in Echo Park. Uh, starts with T and ends with X. <laughs> and I've been there with three different friends that he has hit on. And they completely fall for it. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are, how are you entertaining this guy right now? Because he comes over, he gets you with the card. He goes, I got his card, you. Sorry. You just don't look 21. Oh, my God. They buy and do it every time. And then you see him do it to the next four women that come up to the bar. And he gives a little smile. He kind of looks like Adam Pally, who is, the, in my opinion, adorable. But Very the guy's, cute. like, really sweet. He's really nice. But he is a I don't, what, I don't know what that, that was. I didn't, I didn't understand that at all. What were you saying? He's an American you nope, know? nope, still like didn't a, get it. What is a it? Bartender. <laughs> oh, he's a bartender without teeth? He's a bartender. Okay. Got it. Well, speaking of no teeth <laughs> and a bartender and a bartender, um, I had uh, a, a torrid love affair with a man that was actually the bar manager at Brooks Restaurant. I worked at a restaurant a couple blocks over and met him one night and started dating him, except every date that we would have would be like out and he would always come to my house, but I would never go to his. And the entire time it was because he told me he had broken up with his girlfriend who he was living with and was staying at pe on people's couches and subletting and he just didn't want to. I do think that's true. I, I, I think I can corrob corroborate no. that. Well, kind of. Maybe. It's kind oh, of true. Here we go. Um, but, uh, and the one special thing about Justin was that he could remove his tooth. Yeah, you brought him up before. Yeah, and he would leave it everywhere. Too. We talked about the tooth guy. So, this um, 
he, yeah. So him and I were, I mean, I thought dating for about four months. And uh, then one night, this lovely British girl comes into the restaurant that I was working at with her friends. And you know when you just hit it off with a customer? You mm-hmm. just connect with them and, like, you're joking. And by the end of the meal, she was just like, you're really amazing. I, do you, you want to, like, hang out sometime? And I was and I was just like, yeah, this is great. Um, And she's just like, yeah. And I really think you'd love my boyfriend. And I said, oh, who's your boyfriend? He's she was like, you you should know me works right around the corner at James. His name is Justin. (laughs) True story. Bummer. Um, Yeah. And then I was like, oh, oh, how long have you been together? Wow. And she said three years. And I was like, oh, that's, that's, he's, wow, this is, I'm, I never met her. Oh. She did not come in. He probably told her not to come in. Yeah. Yeah. busy. Yeah. To be fair, I'm busy James... being a bartender pretending mm-hmm. I'm everyone's boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't James didn't have like one of the first bars like it was like on that trend of having like tinctures and like little oh, bottles yes. of stuff on the bar so it was like always like a little science experiment when you're making a cocktail like they're like spraying the top with Spraying stuff and... and there's a lot of like crystal like everything in there will are uh, restaurant owner who I love, but she had to replace everything because it was delicate, antique, old right. bowls holding beakers, you know, beakers and long spoons, and like you just stir a drink too violently in one of these old ass, you know, vintage things, and just like splash, crash, you know, the time whole thing. to burn the ice. I know every time, but yeah, and then he started making in-house bitters. He became like this is just homemade bitters, and so yeah, he was. Like, I was homemade bitters. I was gonna say, um, looks like you got some house-made bitters in your heart. And he got, well, I called him in the bathroom right afterwards. And I like, the bathroom had a phone. (laughs) It was old timey. (laughs) It was old timey. And I screamed at him and then somehow he broke up with me in, in that phone call. All right, Kyle, I guess I'm going to have to end it. Yeah. And then the greatest part is years later, I ran into him in New Orleans at Tales of the Cocktails. Did he have a tooth yet? He had no tooth at that time. He had lost it again. And he said that he had been pushed in a pool with his phone, so he didn't have his phone. But basically was like, we should get together. We should hang out. Like, I'd love to take you out. Like, make up for old times. I'm really sorry about that whole situation. And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, Let me give you my number. And so I gave him my number, and I let him plan this whole elaborate date, and then I never showed up. Oh, Kyle. See, now, we give Kyle a lot of grief for not dating, but when you have this shit happen to you. Yeah, wouldn't want oh, to. Uh, right. that, that's wouldn't just like, anymore. That's just like one of seventeen. Dress. I like had a it. wedding plan. I'm glad you did that. <laughs> oh, I've had that happen seventeen. <laughs> I remember when when Justin would we'd have our slow shifts, and Justin would start trying to do like new um, infusions and like Ugh. really try and push like the envelope he with was some of these cocktails. Such... Let's be honest. Some of them are so challenging that they're just fucking gross. You're trying so hard to be different from the next fancy pants Everything is cocktail joint. tasting like cough medicine. And he was doing, oh, he did this one. Like chartreuse. Was, just, chartreuse. Just leave it alone. Awful. Yeah, get out of here. Leave it alone. And then he was doing some sort of like Earl Grey tea infusion. And then he tried to do peanut infused, no. some sort of vodka or tequila or something. And I was like, hey, Justin. 
You're this is too gross. Far. I was like, and then I would, um, I would really piss him off because I'd be like, let me help you come up with new names for the drinks or whatever. And we'd be bored. I'd be like, I want to call this one the Thieving Elf. And he'd be, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be, <laughs> we'd take someone else's. I was like, come on, this is going to be really fun. This is what I'm good at. I was like, we take someone else's car keys who's not paying attention in the bar. And then we put them at the bottom of this drink and serve it to someone else. And then you go, whose keys are these? And he didn't even consider it for a second on our bar program. Menu, well, you know? and I don't I mean, mean to like, like say that male bartenders are bad to date. I'm sure there's some good ones out there. But when your job is to get people drunk and it's like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's different. Well, and you're weaseling, you can weasel more cash out of them because you're also allowed to give so much more away. And then you can also make more choices. These hot girls are maybe good for it. And I'm going to act like I'm, you know, going to slip my tongue down one of their throats after the shift is over and I'm going to weasel more cash out of them. You can bro down with the bros, get more money out of them. I mean, they're just standing up there profiling everyone and everything. That's why I love that show Bar Rescue. I don't know if you've seen it, but mm-hmm. it's like there's a host and he's like this old school like. Was it John Taffer's? Yes. Yeah. And um, and he always he's like don't flirt with the customers make sure you're always pouring the right amount and don't give away don't give away the uh the alcohol i'm gonna i'm gonna he like he measures the bottles every night oh yeah you know i mean it's it's like my ultimate redemption watching that show just being like yes put them in their place john make them see make them see I just mean from my personal experience, oh. bartenders can be a little gooey. Oh my good God. So you, you've you got like either the hot shot sort of guy, right? Oh. Who you're like, everybody's in love and with And then them. there's the underdog that nobody sees it coming. <laughs> well, there's that. Or then I've also found some of the bartenders just to be so um, uh, kind of like right brain analytical, like literal doing chemistry and no personality mm-hmm. literally just churning out drinks don't talk to you you're beneath them you have nothing to do but they give nobody personality smile nothing but you get your drink like lightning fast that's a dude at jay's bar in la ah. there's this guy who's like very serious but actually if you talk to him he's really knowledgeable and really friendly he's just so serious about making the perfect cocktail right and he like he just takes every step and you see it he's like looks like he's really enjoying making these cocktails but yeah, he's he's uh, very scientific about it. Yeah, so like the bartender can either be you're so attracted to them or you are fearful of them and repelled by them. Or sometimes both. Or sometimes but both. But then you still sleep with them. It's a weird thing even to be repelled oh. by someone and then you st- it's like an anger, it's like an anger thing. Well, it's very true. <laughs> they make sure to let you know that they would never sleep with you but then they're hitting their shit they yeah. sleep with everything yeah oh yeah and just because i didn't sleep with any bartenders i worked with per se doesn't mean i didn't have bartenders from other places of business a few bartender notches on my belt because it's kind of still the same relationship if it's a bar you frequent it's almost like you work together they still you still have that relationship you're still like i'll wait for this place to close and then follow you home like oh my gosh Christ. brian earmuffs <laughs> He's wearing the opposite of earmuffs. They are ear covers that amplify sound. <laughs> it's cool. We're fine. He's I fine. sold my oats, baby. Is that a I tear? sold my oats before we met. That's right. And I saw so much of it. God, Andrea. <laughs> I mean, I had a ridiculous romantic. I I can't explain 
the emotion and the alcohol and just this sort of weird little cocoon I wedged myself into by going to this bar on the regular. It would be Wednesday nights, right, in um, Chicago. And we'd have a friend who played in the back. Um, at the time, we thought it was pretty special music. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> I mean, I hadn't a seen a lot of onomatopoeia. A lot of onomatopoeia. And 2000s a, weren't good for anyone. 2000s weren't. Yeah, they, it was this like 2004 at this point, 2003. And it was a lot of like like slapping his acoustic guitar for, you know, for his like, percussion oh, and a lot of oh, mouth yeah. clicking. Like, yeah. <laughs> Slap, slap, slap. Sister Hazel. There was definitely also knocking and slapping. Good cocktails, but definitely like one of the fancy martinis was definitely like a key lime martini that had graham cracker crust. Well, that's just Chicago. Oh my God, that sounds delicious to me. I think it was also just the time. Oh, you got the nog. You've tapped into the nog. You know what else I love, guys? What do you love? Key lime pie. Oh, me too. I also love key lime pie. Ooh. No, no, it's like I crave it. But the bartenders 100% uh, lure you into this world, especially if you like to drink and there's a chance that every other one might be free. You know, when you're poor, also a boozer, and also uh, hate the person you're engaged to, you go uh, <laughs> go to this this bar every Wednesday and say that you're doing comedy or something like that because uh, your husband at the time had to go to bed at like 9. Anyways, he wasn't my husband yet. Uh, I was trying real hard to get out of that, but it. I wasn't, we definitely had like our own special. We had our place own special at the end of the bar place. where we would sit, and we would be served by this guy. And then it was just—it really was really fun. I loved that. I saw. I felt like a regular. I saw the same little crew every night. I felt like the musician was just for us because yes. he became our good friend. The bartender was paying attention to just us, and you would just be whipped into this like boozy like lightheaded lovely frenzy and then when like me and the bartender started to develop feelings for each other and he'd kick everyone else out and then you'd stay and he'd like plug in what he wanted to listen to and crank Ugh. it loud and then you'd be having a drink together oh my gosh the seduction would continue yep. then you're he's like sitting on a stool and you're on his lap what and a panty dropper out. oh he was he was a really handsome guy um Ooh, but anyways suitors I went home with <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it became kind of like an industry night too because it Did was. Did Brian do something to you this morning? I mean, you're really hammering it. Wait, home. Let me say, I didn't pick the topic. This is the topic. <laughs> also, the... we're going to ask Brian who he boned. Oh, yeah. Just to be fair. Oh, Brian just gave a quite Brian, little. Do you care that I had sex with people before we met? Not at all. There we have it. I'm just saying. <laughs> He's just happy I have all that experience. Um, I, I mean, I, there is a, also a bartender that Brooke and I share together. His name is, but not like Eskimo. No, 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 no. Siblings. No, no. Share. Just like, okay. uh, just a, an affinity for, I don't think we've, we've never slept with the same person yet. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know you and Nano get along great. Anyways. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, th there's this man, Brian Floyd, who is a legend oh, in the New York don't. bar scene. I mean, he just is. And he is he is a magnetic, 
wonderful human. I, I love him. He's like a brother to me. And but when we I worked with him for years and years and years and years in a couple different restaurants in New York. And he actually has this wonderful thing now called the Barman's Fund where he um, gets a wonderful charity involved and the entire tips from that night go towards that fund. He's a really wonderful dude. But he would he was this guy who literally had the key to the city. Yep. So after it would close, he would take me to like an underground whiskey bar and um, we, we you'd have to have a password to get in or just tons of like cool speakeasies. He took me to a tiki bar in someone's apartment one time that literally became the, it, it was just, there's this like underground sort of connection between bartenders as well. If you can pour someone a good drink, yeah. it, it is. It is actually like That's being given cues to the city. Um, yeah. Well, he's still our friend. I think he's he broken is every woman's heart in uh, well he's married now no he is which is so amazing Ugh. but just without even engaging with them or being mean oh, they yeah. all like you'd sit there and have a drink and be like i'm in love with you oh my god i think we just broke up like like you go through all the stages of imagining oh, yeah being with him the first time i met him before i started working in oh, the restaurant together i gave him my number yeah he doesn't he weather even... up yes yes but not the mustachioed I one. Anything that oh yeah, we were plato. <laughs> but uh, also, and I think I told you too that this he was the I hadn't even lived in New York City for maybe more than six weeks at this point, and I started going to karaoke at Piano's Bar on the Lower East Side so every Sunday. Fun. Well, that was his gig. Yeah. And so I was bringing my Chicago rowdy energy from Carol's where it's like, you get up there and you put on a fucking show. Like maybe you rip things off the wall. You do whatever it takes to sell your performance. And so he like came up to me afterwards and we were like talking and dancing. And I was like, who's this? Cause he looks like Harry Connick Jr. Mm -hmm. And then like in the stairwell from upstairs to downstairs, he kind of like pushed me against a wall and made out with me. Wow. And, and then I was like, wait, what? And then like just was like <laughs> bye sort of thing. And then I proceeded to come unhinged emotionally for probably <laughs> the next two years trying to follow him around like a baby duckling. Like, I want to do the kiss again. <laughs> Can we please do the kiss again? <laughs> please. Please do the kiss again. And I would he'd be like, no, I've got millions of other women to kiss in a stairwell and, and turn into like weird. But I mean, like the fact that he kissed me and then walked away like I was my brain broke and I was like, I have to have it and got weird. I think I sent him some MySpace messages <laughs> when I was like super blotto. I'm so pleased he still talks to me and treats me like a normal human. I well, he's, like he's a I, wonderful I mean, person. I, like I said, I don't remember much from Weather Up. I feel like one drink and you're like blacked out for three days. Oh, Weather Up was so sexy. But I feel like you guys were just buddies. Like yeah. I never felt like it was like some weird like... I it was underneath it all. You played I, it cool. I let some time pass when yeah. I was like, no more messages explaining yourself, Brooke. Um, <laughs> just be cool. And then enough time passed. And then it was like, hey, you know, you kind of walk in like, I'm a new girl. Don't worry about me. Had some experiences that don't involve fantasizing about you. Let's go. Brown? No, okay. but yeah. oh. Um, oh, it's a song. I, uh, the I, song is called I'm Over You because I've lived a life in New York City a little bit now. Oh. Can't you tell? Yeah. So it, it's just like one of those things where the bartender, it's like it's an impossible person to date. Do you, Does anyone have advice for trying to date a bartender? Is it just hold you, on tight? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone likes a bad boy. 
I mean, because the, the thing is, like, our friend Floyd, who we were, like, talking about, is, like, he did, like, someone broke him. Someone broke the man. They got him to, he's a kept man, finally. You know, I'm sick of talking about men as if they're wild horses. Yep. Um, that may or may not <laughs> break to your will. And it's just a matter of holding on hard enough to see if they'll come around. Because what were you saying earlier to me, Joss? I was saying that. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. It's right. I'm not going to make a relationship happen anymore. Well, no. I mean, and, and you can't, but that's like a young, inexperienced person's game for but sure. But it's also, it's also like you're like, well, I don't know. Maybe if I reach out, like maybe he's just, it's like if you're overthinking anything, just move on. There are so many fucking people out there. Yep. Also, bartenders have like a God complex, right? Of they course can. they do. Well, yeah. they're in their yes. little pulpit. You know what I mean? They're like behind their little bar. They have so much power. They're elevated. I you have the power. You know what I mean? Like, don't walk behind the bar. Well, also, it's a kind of like lit up. Like, it's a fucking show starring them, which I'm not going to lie. Man, I want a drink. I'm gonna go hang out with a bartender right now. But I'm just gonna hang out with my Topo Chico. My main man, Topo Chico. I never, I never, I never like dated a bartender I worked with. I think I like, hang on. um, um, What are you doing? I'm gonna go get a high. You're you're gonna go get a a pie? Hi. Oh, Brooke has turned over such a new leaf. A pot leaf. It's a a no drinking leaf, leaf, I believe. Oh my God, Brooke. You know what? I'm going to partake Anyone as well. <sighs> it's definitely oh, okay. fun to like hang out with Look the it. cool bartenders though. Like oh, that well, you're not necessarily involved with like going to other bars with them and hanging out with the other cool bartenders and being in with said bartenders. You know what? There's the advice right there. Do not fall in love with or fall for a bartender. Befriend them. Yes. Reap the benefits without <clears throat> ruining your emotions. You know, just ruin your liver like That's, a regular person. Also, question. You're at a crowded bar. What is the thing you do to try and get the bartender to notice you to get get a drink? Well, let's first of all ask two former and you 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 technically bartend and pour wine. Yeah. What gets your attention? Patiently waiting. Mm-hmm. What I do personally, if it's physically crowded, I will put my arm on the bar. I will not wave my hand. I will just put it kind of close to my face. Mm-hmm. And then if I see him, I'll give him a little nod or a, a, you know, just a very chill flagging. Just try and get the eye contact, right? Yes. And then get the acknowledgement that, hey, I see you. I see you've been waiting patiently. You're not snapping or clacking or, right. yeah, tapping. Yeah. Or just, like, grabbing into the air. Mm-hmm. You know I used I mean? to, like, and this was before I paid for everything with a card i would i would like have it just like kind of like a 20 kind of like resting if i have cash i'll do that Mm -hmm. as well do you think they don't like my stack of quarters (laughs) that i have waiting in front of me saying oh good good sir good charm the quarters out of your bag (laughs) after you've ordered your drink and you are waiting to pay for it it's a gleaming tower sorry our friend Faye used to call bartenders charm tenders I never stopped using that nickname for bartenders. I go, excuse me, charm tender. She's one of the funniest. One of the greats. She's wonderful. I always have to find the little, like, clef at the end of the bar on the patron side to stand up on because I feel like I get lost in the crowd. (laughs) You are very small. And put my whole, like, I try and, like, put my, like, excuse me, sir. 
may I have a, you know, a pint of beer? Like, I just try and get, that's not how I get their attention. I'm just saying that's how I feel, Andrea. That's, that's how, how you feel. Like. Well, that's how you get their attention in their pants with that voice, Kyle. I'm, even I'm wet. There's nothing sexier than coming up upon a lovely Gorgeous, gentle. Stop! You know what this does to me, Kyle. It incites your boner. I understand. <laughs> Here, just take this free drink. Take all the free drinks. Ah, yeah. Devil woman. I see your game, guys. That's- this round's on me. That that would be me after I got Yeah, home. take Kyle to a bar with you. She's the secret weapon. That's right. We always say, send in the secret weapon. <laughs> So yeah, I think running, running, running with the cool crowd and the cool kids and the bartenders was more my speed. I didn't, didn't really sit on any of their D's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not that I didn't want to. I didn't realize you're just supposed to sit on it. Yeah, kind of. and like to be honest, I don't think I've ever had a like a legitimate relationship with a bartender. It's always been like I'm cheating on someone, or they're cheating on someone, or I'm one of their four girlfriends they they fucking at the moment, or something like that. So it's just like just. Don't do it because they get they get the pick of the litter yeah, and, and they're dirty. And they're they also dirty. get sometimes if they're cute enough, women at the bar trying to pick up them up. Like of, well, of course, women getting drunk and hitting on them. So you have that to contend with too. Like rich old ladies, like sh- giving them a, a diamond. <laughs> Be like, come be my cabana boy for the summer. They're like pushing pushing a deed to a home across the bar, you know? That's how you get a bartender's attention. Oh, Meanwhile, John, you always make cosmopolitans just like I like them. Just like my dead husband, Harold. Just husband. like everything. He's like he'll him. be out of town indefinitely. <laughs> Foolish us thinking we could cover relationships in general in one little episode. I think we're we're moving into a two-parter again, you guys. Oh my gosh. Oh, the suspense. Good. The suspense. So I think we'll pick up in the next episode talking about dating your actual fellow waiters and waitresses. I can't wait. All right, guys, so I've got some hashtag server life for this episode. Uh, this one comes from Hannah Gableman at Hannah Gableman. She says, my manager talking about one of the more scandalous servers. She doesn't do walks of shame. She does strides of pride. <laughs> hashtag server life. I felt like that really went with the theme of this episode. I like that one a lot. I've done some strides. The walk of shame is like, uh-uh, uh, no, you just, I don't know what you call it. I, I call it the, the, daytime, it. the daytime shamble home. You I know, I like, think that was like a college-based saying mm-hmm. that really went wide to the general public and it didn't deserve to. It's very specifically when you're like walking through a dorm with your clothes from the night before. Absolutely. I, right. It's because it's like these girls would go to like a fancy frat party wearing like a sparkly dress and then it's Monday morning and, and they're, they're missing a high heel. Heels. Exactly. So yes, that, that, you know what? It's a time and a place. The only walk of shame that's worth seeing is the day after Halloween in New York City, though. That yeah. is it. Or really. in, even any any larger city where people walk a lot. You know, Chicago is the same way. Because I, I, oh, God, because I was totally trying to hook up with someone at a party. This was, oh, God, in my early 20s. I was dressed. This might have even been Chicago. I don't remember. I was dressed as a cave woman with a <laughs> tiny boulder on a rope tied around my leg and I fell asleep like in the front foyer of this house party woke up on a Monday morning hung over but also like in a cave woman outfit going like <laughs> like dragging a boulder through town looking for my house my car my keys the whole thing totally oh. 
So you know what? That deserves a. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's, that's a walk a, of shame. That's a walk of shame. Hashtag drag a boulder of shame. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh boy. It's <laughs> from Brian Songy at Mr. Songy, like a song with the Y. All the national parks are unkempt, so everyone's camping in my section instead. Hashtag server life. Uh, it's because I like to camp and I like the parks. Hey, let's take care of the planet, guys. We're going to die soon. Yep. So I agree. You're going to hear a little bit. It's going to come in harder and harder from my angle. Yep. Headlines coming in that the damage that was done to Joshua trees possibly going to take 300 years. 300 years to recover it. V cool. I hope you got that awesome shot of your dumb fucking Jeep off-roading. Rachel Hoyt at Rachel Hoyt underscore Hoyt underscore SB. (laughs) Customers are so weird after a full moon. I swear they're doing things like asking for tacos at a sushi bar and yelling, that's horrible customer service when we say it's not available. Hashtag server life. (laughs) Kyle, that feels real for you right now. Oh, yeah. She oh, must be yeah. tables in Joshua Tree. Mm. <laughs> Under the full moon. Mm-hmm. Logan at polarized underscore log uh, says, reassuring the elderly that I'm bringing them more coffee is 80% of my job in the mornings. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> server life. Dude, they like their yeah. coffee. It's coming. Piping hot. Brooke, I feel like you used to do a bit about this, but it Boiling. is like beyond boiling, the actual glass is starting to melt and they're... Oh, maybe okay with how hot it is. Do you listen to that podcast where they're podcasting, but their roommate doesn't know they have a podcast and is just going about their life in the background? Like, I really, I listened idea. to it first for the podcast, but then I just got really invested in that roommate's life. And now I just kind of like that story of her life. Yeah, like, what's like, happening? I, I know I hear ramen cooking in the background. <laughs> I just like to picture, like, where where she is in, physically in the space. <laughs> uh, well, we are excited here on Sidework Podcast to have our good friend, really great comic and former server who used to don his apron with oh, pride. John Roy, everybody. Hello. Hey, welcome to the poll. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. Sorry, that's the canned part we have to do, uh, oh, uh, as you understand. As okay, also right. a podcast yes. host. As, yeah, you have to introduce the person or else it just sounds like the kind of podcast where a roommate is running around in the background. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kyle! Um, it's funny because Kyle's a podcast host and a roommate, so our relationship is fraught. no just kidding so you started right when you walked in the door i heard you dropping a few adjectives about the type of place you worked at and i was like save it for the cast i worked at two different restaurants in succession give me a time frame and i'd also like to know where this was well to give you the time frame uh the songs on the canned cd that played over and over and over again first cd so you already have a bit of a clue all right all right uh you had uh, uh if you believe by Cher. Uh, the Pearl Jam cover of that 50 song where the dude dies in a car or the girl oh, dies in a car wreck. That was that was that was that Backstreet's Back All Right uh, was on there, and those are the ones that that I really stick in. Oh, and then uh, the Blondie comeback single Ave Maria <laughs> was uh, was also on the. Um, do you, know, you don't remember like, that no, one? Yeah, you've got to see it. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a Blondie. And 
The diva of Maria. Oh, Debbie. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, oh, Debbie bringing it back. Yeah, not a good. Uh, Half not a good the song. hair, same strong voice. So that was the tape. It was about 1998 was when I stepped I was- into the Stir Fire Grill in Evanston, Illinois. Oh, okay. uh, it was. It was. You ever, you ever seen a flat top grill? I sure seen one. Have. Okay, so that's like a Mongolian barbecue ish. Thing sort of whitewashed Mongolian. Oh no, I know barbecue. what it is. I we were, I was getting real deep about the talk about this the other night when we were. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Well, so yeah. so this restaurant was a carbon copy of that format, like a McDowell's almost. Like it was absolutely <laughs> down to the ingredients and the setup of the restaurant. This guy had owned other restaurants that were successful in Lincoln Park uh, in Chicago. That's where mm-hmm. uh, it was this place called PJ Clark's, which is like a gold mine because. Drunk yes. college kids would go yep. there. He sold that place, which would have made him money till to right now, to open this stir fire grill. Then, and it, for a while, he made a lot of money. And then the real flat top grill opened a location a block away and put him out of business. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> first of all, you are pissing me off. My brain will not accept stir fire grill. Yeah. Like it wants to autocorrect. Yes. You're speaking right now to stir fry. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, God, stop saying stir fire. It sounds like fire fest. I think it is mine. He thought it was like sure fire, stir fry. Uh, we'll stir fire. We'll stir that up and then we'll get this. Uh, so he he was not a very nice man. He did not help us ever. No matter how slammed it was, he would sit in the back day trading because it's ninety eight, so you could still do that. He'd be in the back, and but he would give us a pep talk before every day that we would go to work without him. He'd go, "All right, guys, let's make some money." And then he would <laughs> clap his hands, and then he would leave. I'm like, oh, let, "Let's us, let, let's Wait, us, no, we, us. <laughs> or so let's us make money for you <laughs> while you don't do anything." Is that what, that's what you mean? Meanwhile, he's like reading out of like the the habits of or what's that one? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like the millionaire mind, the eyes. They said it was just like eyes just wrote on the magazine he was reading while he'd give you the pep talk. Oh, the talk was about two minutes max, and then he'd be gone in the back. Oh, and then he charged you for meals whether you wanted them or not, which is illegal, but what are you going to do? Oh, like, that um, shit makes me crazy. Yeah. He was, he, he, and then I worked with a succession of, of people. Uh, I worked with a guy on crack. Uh, he was an actor who did a lot of crack and he was always in like the clothes from, and then he got arrested in at, at the job. His name was and uh, he, he, I guess he was stalking his ex-girlfriend or something, but these two detectives came in to work right before the lunch shift and this guy, it looked like James Earl Jones and like the young Harrison Ford. Like they were clearly, like they had the suits on, there were bulges where the guns are. I'm like, they like stepped out of a movie into my restaurant and they, they came to the doors right before the lunch rush and they go... So that was the James Earl Jones guy. And I go, no, I'm, I'm not him. And he no. goes, may I speak to... And I'm like, sure. So he comes out, the the crack actor guy comes out of the back, and he's talking to the guy. He looked kind of like Kevin Bacon if he were playing a crackhead. Like, like, like if he like if he had like gotten really into a role. Like, I think that's kind of this guy. So then I go, hey, uh, is he going to be back? Because like we're about to start. He goes, no. <laughs> I never saw him again. I was the day guy. There was maybe two of us sometimes, one on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I would also have to do the bartending if that needed to happen. Most people didn't order booze 
at a stir fry place for lunch. You know what? It's a special person who decides to go get tanked at the counter of a <laughs> yeah. stir fry joint. We, we had a mailman who was a regular. He <laughs> got is- hammered, and I felt horrible because I'm like, I'm like killing this guy in slow motion. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. and he would talk himself into buying shots. Like he would have a conversation with no one. So he'd be like, like well, okay. he'd be like, he'd be like, let me get a Miller light. And, and you know what? Yeah, I'll get a maker's mark too. And I was like, who, who are you talking to, sir? Uh, <laughs> like, hey, you quit twisting my arm. You, Oh, uh, I said, I, you know, you told me to quit drinking today, but I'm just thinking to myself over here after I get the mail dropped off. I deserve a few shots or two. You know what? We've decided I'll have some shots. Uh, put out two napkins. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it was weird, but so I I rode that ship to the bottom of the ocean. Like I was just getting like seventy five bucks a day for the lunch shift. Yeah, but I would just you know the rent was so cheap back then. I had moved to Chicago right around the time the stir fry wasn't happening anymore, and then I got a job. Uh, at the Charlie's Ale House on Navy Pier, <laughs> which was now a Jimmy Buffett's. Uh, it was all tourists and children. We had no regulars. We had four managers who were all weird in their own way. We had owners that loved to come to work just to fire people. That was kind of their fun. They would like to just come in and fire people. Marty and Elaine, that was their name. That was the couple. And they would... they're, na- they're named after... The fucking two old guys who play at the no, I think they. Oh, those are that's one man. I think they woman. came up together. <laughs> I don't think they, I think they were they were contemporaries. Just, just like, no, but uh, it happens yeah. to be. Aren't yeah. Marty and Elaine who play at the, at Dresden? the Dresden? Yeah, I mean that is their name, but this was yeah. also this couple that owned all the Charlie's Ale houses in Chicago. Weird. Our menu sucked. Like it was so boring. Like the thing you're supposed to push was the chicken pot pie. Ew. Like that was like our highlight of right. the menu. We had we had these these specials that just killed you because like we had all these old ladies that would come in, and we had a special like where you could get half a sandwich and a soup for like six bucks. And if you had ordered a soup and a sandwich plus a drink, and the drink came free with the special. So like Good you th- they would have spent fifteen bucks. So you're going on around a party of six, you're getting a pretty healthy, healthy tab. And then one of them goes, Oh, wait a minute. Lunch special. And you're like, no, 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 no. No. And then they would all change their order and you would watch the domino fall backwards and you just mentally watch your check shrink. I would have interjected right then and be like, think of the future, ladies. You know you're all alone and lonely. It's nice to have a little food to take home with you. And here's the thing. If like those of you listening like don't know what Navy Pier is, it's it's basically, it's a pier that goes off into Lake Michigan that is in Chicago that's a complete tourist trap now. Yes. And it's like, and getting there is kind of pain in the ass. It's not easy. Like, in working there had to, like, had to be a real pain in the ass getting there. And also, like, Navy Pier's big, big selling point is that you can drink at any part of the pier. It's like a fake New Orleans where you can, you can do carry, you know, your booze. But no one goes there in the winter at all. There's no no reason at all to go there in the winter. You're like in the middle of Chicago already like, I couldn't be any colder. And then you're walking (laughs) to your job on Navy Pier where the blistering winds. Where the polar vortex breeze. It's where it lives. It's it's where it comes from. The the, the lake cold, you're sitting in it. Like you're watching it come into the city, like fresh from the water. I want to (laughs) see that Ferris wheel just like, freeze over and crack and then fall <laughs> into the lake we in the summer it was as easy it wasn't easy but it was as because your your customers you're grinding these tips off quantity you have no regulars at all 
everyone's going back to Ohio, which means you don't really care how their food was, but also you're not getting any money off these people. You would have to tell people. I had to tell a guy to put his Harley Davidson tank top back on. That, that's a real. That's a real uh, harbinger of a, of a real good tip right there. So it, it's interesting too because we you know, are discussing, we're kind of diving into the topic, you know, here and there in every episode too, like dating coworkers, dating managers. But it sounds like you were like lone wolf working lunch. Oh, I, didn't by- a, I didn't give a fuck about all of it. I was out. I was you weren't, you weren't, you weren't out. fishing for a wife at the stir fry I, place. I was touring in the, at night. I it, like from Wednesday to, to, to Saturday, I'd be off in the Midwest at some godforsaken best Western doing stand up. And in the meantime, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know why I had to be at meetings. Because you'd go to these staff meetings right. and all these people are, you know, they're they're night workers. They all care about this and that. And I'm like, I take lunches. Why are you yelling? Right. What are we doing here? Like you'd be at Navy Pier and they're yelling about someone took a table or the bartender who didn't tip out properly. And I'm like, who cares? They stole your table. Steal one of theirs. Like, can we get the fuck out of here? I'm here on a Sunday. And also, my, my coworkers would drink at the other, like, because... Marty and Elaine owned two restaurants at Navy Pier. There was ours, and then there was a fucking shrimp thing on the other side of the of the pier. Where you and got you, a discount? Well, you yeah, you couldn't drink at your own restaurant, but they would go drink at the other one. I'm like, how about we leave entirely? Tell us about the way you serve tables, the way you like to treat people. Robo zombie. Robo like, to, zombie. Like no, not not a bad waiter, not a great waiter. Uh, I was I was it was a lunch shift. At a place where the most money you could possibly have on your bill, if you had a table of six, was like 80 bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, so you're not, there isn't, I'm not at fucking bestia. You know, like, like there's like, not, like, there's really not any incentive for me to, like, push the, the fucking $6 vanilla bowl of ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so. Absolutely. And, and no. because it's a lunch shift, People, the people are in and out. So your thing was just like, can I get the forty-five bucks on the receipt and get them out of here in time to have two more of these people at that right. same table I need before it. this lunch shift is over? Because you know you'd be outside, there'd be a patio, there'd be nine people on, and you'd have a row of tables out in the patio, and your job was just to keep those t- tables burning until. 1 30 p.m. when it all went to shit Man. so, so <laughs> you know i i love that you were just all about being the lunch weirdo yeah i, I, never, I never knew the lunch no people shame in being the lunch weirdo well, you got I, shit to do at night i was like i want to do stand up i want to make sure and on a, on a summer weekday i could walk with 150 bucks at lunch and, and a summer weekend i could walk you know with 250 i lived all right you lived just fine you know you know because we're all like ain't no shame in the waiting game tell me john if you feel like (laughs) there are skills and um anything positive that you've gleaned from being a server um you you learn how to just put on this kind of work face (laughs) and just deal with people and and not have it let you bottle up whatever your actual mood is for two hours and just be like, okay, more lemonade and oh, and then you'll have the steak. Okay, you want that medium? You know, like, and you you just kind of there, there's this chicken brain that takes over when you're yeah. waiting tables where you don't you don't have conscious thoughts while you're slammed. You only have the the things you must keep in your brain long enough to get them to the register and then go find their food. You know, like it, it lets you. This it opens up a thing that you really haven't had to deal with in school right. or, or anything up until then, which is just like 
I'm going to pump your brain with the maximum amount of information you can physically hold in it. You won't need to worry about it in two hours, but right now you can't, you don't have time to think about anything. You just have right. to do this shit. And then you, then you're, and then it's over and it's almost like you came out of a trance. You're like, oh yeah, it's done. And then I, I don't know about you, but I couldn't tell you what they looked like <laughs> after, uh, I couldn't tell you one table. Right. Like, unless right. there was some guy who had like a, an eye patch and he ordered like <laughs> weird uh, oysters off the menu or like, you know, like, then like I would know. But if it's just like a regular old table where nothing weird happens, I forgot them forever 20 minutes after lunch was over. Like, I, I, I didn't opposite. even know who they were. Whereas, like, I would see a table or, like, maybe they'd come back and they were like, oh, yeah, I was here a year ago. Or I would see them out somewhere at a bar and they're like, well, how do we know you? Oh, right. You waited on us at, like, such and such. And within, like, 10 minutes, I would, like, remember their entire order. Really? It was, like, a year later. It also, just, like, we're women and we care about details. So, you know. Yeah. I think yeah. it yeah. can yeah. be a male-female thing. Well, um, also, though, like, if you think about how boring my menu was and right. stir fry I was just literally handing them a bowl that then they went right. up and filled themselves oh, and at the Charlie's Ale House That's there was only do. six things on the fucking menu so there's literally nothing they could do that would be memorable all you're doing is like <laughs> giving like, in, like your job is to give instruction right? Yeah, at, right? a, at a stir fry place like that you're like yeah. here's how this place works you're gonna yeah, go and I'm waiting take on this tips bowl on that. get in that line I'll get a drink and have it waiting for you at the table no, when you, you get back right you're, you're honestly like a, a glorified beverage server yeah. like you, you bring the menus you bring the drink and then we you had bring a couple the apps that that was my responsibility. Oh, if they God. wanted the egg roll, I could get it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, was, can, I can make that happen. You want an egg roll? You, I you can make it happen. Here's a tip: um, buy your airplane tickets on Tuesday if you're on orbits. Uh, if you can fly on a Tuesday, your t- your flights are going to be lower. In general, Tuesday yes. flights are like nothing. You'll always find a better flight earlier in the week than. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I would just say if you can, if you can fly on between Monday and Wednesday, and especially Tuesday, Tuesday, uh, you're, you're gonna get gonna get really good deals on, yeah. on orbits. Okay, well I got a I got a tip coming off that yep. last server we're, life we're tweet. Do a tip, yep. Hot tip. Here's a tip. Here's Scalding a tip. tip. <laughs> Watch the documentary. Hot coffee, if you haven't. It's about the old lady that went to McDonald's and burned her crotch with hot, hot coffee. And it's actually really fucking interesting. And it really unveils all of this information that I had no idea was out there. And um, it's not just about an old lady's hot snatch. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, that's what I call it, old girl. Hot coffee. The boys love a cup of hot coffee. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ninety. Uh, well, I've got a, I've got a tip too. I did go deep, like when it was raining really extremely here for a bit. I, I just fell into a depression hole and watched a lot of Netflix, which is no, you don't even have to be depressed. Sometimes that happens. I watched a documentary that I think I was texting Jocelyn about. It's called The Root Cause. And it's all about how dental work is essentially the last of all of the medical fields to really catch up with the fact that it's like you cannot just yank something out and leave living tissue in a person's house – in a person's mouth and just plug up a hole with a piece of metal or whatever. And that's what's causing so many people to have bizarre, um, just like lifelong infections, 
uh, just all of these like mystery problems that are causing them all these health issues and basically just like the minute people go get uh, root canal implants, all that stuff out of their head, their symptoms go away. I had a I had a clean out happen where I had a root canal and then like over the years like an abscess started and they hadn't yep. gotten all of it so I had a bump on my gum. They never get and all I had of to it because they were like it's really deep back there and I would just say go straight to an endodontist who knows what they're fucking doing like skip, yep. who specializes in root canals like and it's usually less expensive anyway. The and just go straight enemy. there like don't even fuck with your 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 DDS like family plan. Just go straight to the source. It's so funny because and the thing is they're like listen, you know, until we have a better alternative and dentists are willing to start talking about the fact that they leave they're dead monsters. dead tissue well, or just even just the fact that they're leaving dead tissue in your bean. Dude, like, they're just taking a wild guess. They are they're just, just taking like, a wild uh, guess. I think there's a hole here. Yeah, let's drill a thing. Let's rip it out. It's like every time I'm there I'm like wait you're looking at the x-ray you have this you have that why is this still such a mystery this is like making my teeth hurt it's it, like, uh, sorry yeah and sorry to bring it up day. but the reason we all go is because like the last thing anyone wants for vanity reasons is to be like be missing a tooth but sometimes literally just be missing a tooth man I just don't want uh, my jaw I just don't want like gingivitis fair enough Anyways, I thought it brought up a lot of interesting points. It didn't seem too hacky. It was a lot of cardiovascular surgeons who are like, we are seeing more and more people coming in with preventable um, heart attacks, stroke, all this stuff. And you go and, and really research their dental record and their overall health is completely correlated with old ass. Oh, yeah. You got to keep your mouth clean. It's too close to your brain. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's not even like they were doing what was recommended. They were staying on top of their dental work. And it's the work that dentists make you Pay through the nose. Oh, I know, to but fix if you mouth, just get yeah. cleaning, and, right. you know what I mean. Avoid the dentist because you're washing, washing your teeth. Oh God, I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, I got a tip. Okay. Um. So, I if you're like me and you work on your feet a lot, like all day, sometimes you get like. I don't know, some calloused pinky toes. Has anybody yep. got those? Especially waiting tables too, depending on like what shoes you're like made to wear or you're not wearing the proper shoes. I just discovered um, these like little gel toe tube cushions. They come like a long tube that kind of looks like a band-aid. You cut it to size. And then there's like a plastic cushy that hydrates your toes and you cut it to size and you put it right over your toe. And Love I've been it. wearing them at work like the past week and like my calluses are like they're they're so much softer and do, better. So do you I know can, the brand? What is it? Uh, the brand, I think there's different brands, but the one I got is just Natura Cure is cool. the one that I got on Amazon. And they're And what are they called? Great. Like, what is the item name? The Gel Toe Tube Cushion. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, for everyone out there with waitress feet, yeah, treat yourself. And I was like, it's weird because, like, I thought... I felt so much fucking shame. I was like, I hate this calluses. It's after we got went to Hawaii. I feel like there was just something like wearing flip-flops for the first time in a while or something else. Like it was hurting. And I was like, is this a corn? What is this? And then I was just like, I'm so ashamed. And then my friend Nadia was like, bitch, you just walk a lot. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I do. You're right. I'm cool. It's okay. Um, so take care of it. And then don't get hammer toe because that's a whole different <laughs> Here's a tip. I don't look at like shitty foot problems. Everybody's got hammer toe and corns. Here's a tip for all of those people out there who subscribe to the fact that age is not a number, meaning that even though you're an adult, you still don't really understand adult things. Like the fact that dish soap is not necessarily dishwasher soap. 
Um, they are two different things, guys. I found that out the hard way. I put dish soap in a dishwasher, and at about 11.30 at night, had to call Andrea because <laughs> both of the dogs that I was watching were dragging suds all around the person's apartment who I was staying at, and it was basically a foam party, um, and I had no idea how to get rid of it, uh, but Andrea told me how and talked me through it. I had to... Um, you have to take all of the water out. Even when you think there's not any water, there's still water down there, guys. So you got to go to the restaurant you work at and ask for a shop vac. And then you got to haul it back to the place where you're staying, shop vac that shit out of there, and then put some olive oil and salt at the base of the dishwasher. I told you, is- I told you to do all that? Yeah. This is crazy because, well, I don't have a dishwasher, but if I did, I didn't know how to make that. Uh, how to correct that problem? Every time it you happen. think the foam is gone, it it's just, not. It but just then you bubbles, have to like man. run another cycle. You, you got to run so many. Right? Yep, so many cycles. Um, it took up half a day. You dish soaped your dishwasher. That could be a fucking honest mistake, though. But that's what I'm saying. It's a tip. I feel like I didn't know that beforehand. Yeah. Although she did have like extra tape over the dishwashing soap, but I just thought you maybe just ripped it off. And- that tape was there for a reason. If that tape was there. It's because she had done that shit. Right. So I feel I felt seen. <laughs> I see you. I remember when you called we me. I was you. like, what's Kyle doing? Uh, calling me at 1130 at night. And I just <laughs> sent you pictures and I was like, like help. help. Like Brian. I was like looking and Brian came like over my shoulder and was like, whoa. And he had opinions. Yeah. Lots of people <laughs> had opinions. But it, it, I, it worked, guys, eventually. Alive. But like, just avoid it if you can, because it's not fun. Your early aughts foam party. <laughs> hey, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, please review us on iTunes and follow, subscribe, do all of the things. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Baby, we in your face. Thank you.